and see what happens. All right, we have uh, we have a recording. It appears it says it says to pause or stop recording. So that implies to me that we are getting a recording. Okay, cool. Do you want to um, do you want to record audio or how how do you want to do that? Yeah, I'll just. I mean, I've got it recording. So what I'll do is when we're done, um, I'll find some way to dump it to you. I, I you know I I don't. I don't okay, cool. All right, all right. I think it's probably on the on the cloud or whatever, but I'm, you know, I'm definitely technically uh, savvy enough to find a way to, if I have a file, whether it's on the cloud or on my computer, I could definitely put it up somewhere where you can pull it down, you know? Okay, cool. I just watched a video and it said that um, it'll record to your computer too. I think you get to choose it afterwards or something. Okay. Yeah, it's all good, man. Cool. All right. So, um, so I wanted to talk about, I wanted to title this the, the new world religion. Because it seems that something you're yeah, interested yeah. in, and I, I'm interested in it too, big time. Oh, definitely. I think that's, uh, I think that's a, a, probably half of the puzzle is that they're, you know, and people call it uh, ecumenicism. I don't know yeah. if you've heard, I mean, I assume you've heard that word just because it seems like you and I are pretty similar characters in life. Like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Make, make art and, uh, and go like down by the drain of the internet and see what's trying to fall. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't revel. I don't revel in it, but I, but I'm very interested in truth, you know? Yeah. yeah well, I yeah, used yeah. to, I used to consider like, I quit doing it for like a long time because I found information that I, I thought like, wow, this is like almost a liability to have this information, you know, really? this was a long time ago, quite a long time ago. Um, yeah. And, uh, so I laid off of it for a long time and ironically what, uh, what kind of woke me back up was the flat earth crap. And like I said to you, like, I, I don't see any good evidence for, for against the, the earth being flat. And I've been searching for about three years, but at the same time, I think it's a controlled bring out it's a way to divide people. And that all goes into what we were just talking about too, that it's a, uh, they're trying to, to make this thing, this, you know, they call it the, the new world order and all this crap, but it's way more complicated and, and discreet than that, that they're, they're creating a system of governance for everyone. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah. and uh, religion, they, I think they intentionally, I think for one thing, they intentionally kind of, I don't want to say manufactured whole cloth, but they took whatever metaphysical spirituality there was from back in ancient history and they like paralleled it or changed it or modified it so that we would get what we have now, you know, like you're a Muslim, you're a Christian, you're a Buddhist. I don't think it was ever like that really. Yeah. I think religions were more organic. That's what I've actually thought about Islam specifically that Islam seems to be more robotic and sort of, uh, um, uh, drone it Muslims seem to be more like drone like than I think they might have used to been you yeah know I, mean? I agree like they used to be like it, it used to be more um like there used to be more variety amongst Muslim countries and I think there used to be more like more individuals in Muslim countries it seems like you know but now it's just this like big Borg you know yeah and, and all think the same thing and of course, I mean, you see Western intelligence agencies all over it. So to, to me, and that, that's not like, that's like not even conspiratorial. I mean, everybody knows if they look that like the CIA was involved in trying to make Wahhabism more of a thing than it was, you know. Right, 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 right. Yeah. The more, you know, the more uh, militant branch of it, you know, they, that's, you know, this, this isn't like some crazy far out cuckoo idea. I mean, that 
it's very obvious to anyone that looks, you know, past Fox News and CNBC or whatever, right? You know. <laughs> how does our, that how does that apply to Judaism? Do you think Judaism is more artificial than it used to be? I mean, did it even exist two thousand years ago in the same form it does now, or what do you think Judaism is? I don't know. I I, I found a, a, I I think that um, I think it was probably all more like one thing. And, you know, I am a person that believes in Jesus, but I'm also a very, uh, I'm a really contrary and convoluted person. So like, uh, not because I want to be, but like you said, you know, you go searching for truth. Like I, I put some credence to the idea that the, um, the chronology of history isn't right. I don't know if you've ever looked at, uh, the, the main guy that gets his name mentioned in, you start talking about chronologies is, uh, his name's Anatoly Fomenko. He's a Russian man. And he's published a shit ton of books. And what he is, he's a mathematician. And um, he found, like, inconsistency with the record of the eclipses of the moon. Yeah. And so the explanation that was typically given was that, well, for this period of time, the moon did something different. And then it went back to normal. And he's like, no, I don't accept that. You know, like, the right, moon doesn't, right, right. The moon doesn't yeah. do that, right? You know, the moon isn't just yeah, going to act yeah. different, you know. And so what he discovered was he thought that anywhere from a thousand to 1300 years of history has been um, added so that it seems like yeah. history is even more ancient and yeah. that he found parallel kingdoms. So, and he made this huge, if you've never looked at it, go check it out, man. It's crazy. But, and he's not the only one. There's a, there's a channel on YouTube of the ladies called uh, new earth. Her name is uh, Sylvie Ivanoa. And um, her stuff, like, she gets kind of floofy. Like, she said she used to live in South America and take a lot of DMT. And so she talks about, like, kind of astral projection, uh, what they call it something else, you know, when people go out of their body and they go remote viewing, you know. She talks about this kind of stuff. So to me, that kind of undermines your position, if you know. If yeah, you know. I mean, with, with that kind of stuff, you want to keep an open mind, but then you also have to be critical. And a lot of that stuff is used as spin, as we both know. So yeah, yeah. What, how yeah. Do you, and then, like, with, this, with these time anomalies, I, I can see why that would be. I've never really actually considered that or heard about that, but I can see how that could be possible. But an anomaly of 1,300 years, like, after Jesus, um, it, it's, that seems way too big for me. It, I would believe if someone were to tell me there had been an anomaly, like, in in the dark ages, the so-called dark ages, like in 800 or 900 AD. And like, they, they miscalculated 13 years this way or that way. You know what I mean, no, yeah, I can understand that, theory. but 1300 years or whatever, that's too much for me. Yeah, I mean, but you know, who knows? Who knows? Just, yeah. Right? I mean, until you, until you take a close look at it, you can't even fully wrap your head around what I'm talking about. I thought maybe you'd seen it before, but, and, and I'm no, not trying no. to preach it. It's just something that I throw into the basket with everything else. You of know? course. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I know. But, um, the, the idea is that the dark ages never happened, you know, like that it's just a lie. Which, which I heard that the other day. I yeah. heard that the other day. I actually do like that idea that calling it the dark ages is just a misnomer and that it was actually probably, I mean, if it were the, if it was the dark ages and like what, when we think of the dark ages, what, what do we think of? We think of a bunch of like serfs and plebeians like living on like garbage filled streets in little English hamlets. Right. Right. But, and but for some reason, if no that were the and no writing and no reading is happening. And, yeah, but if that were the case, then then how the hell were they building all those beautiful, huge, tall Gothic cathedrals at the exact same time yeah. period? So it doesn't make sense at all, you know. No, yeah. so I do agree with that. You know, that there's, there's a lot of contradiction in in. Uh, 
in everything. Like to me, every single subject that you want to try and find out about, the, the harder you look, the more it's like, when do we finally break through the bullshit and find something we can grab onto that seems like a starting point? Because like, I'll give you an example. I, uh, I bought this book um, called The History of the Flag of the United States. And it's not like a crazy far out book. It's like a guy who was, a, he was like a librarian and an archivist. And he decided that he wasn't happy that uh, there was like inconsistent information about the flag. So he was going to write a, a history of the flag, right? Um, yeah. And the reason I bought it was because in the book, there's a, like a nice colored plate of um, the first American flag and the, uh, and the flag of the British East India Trading Company. Yeah. And they're the, they're the essentially identical flag other than the shirt. Are they? Yeah, it's the exact same flag. And what, 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 it's not the stars and stripes. What, what did it look like? What? No, it's a Union Jack with the, with the striped field below it. So the Union Jack would replace where the field of stars is. Really? Yeah, and that's that's what because I'm I'm I was at a bookstore in Spokane, Washington. I'm flipping through the like, oh look, a history book about the flag, and I just turned to that colored plate, and it's like, fuck, you know. To me, that's a huge deal if you know the history, because like British East India Trading Company, that's like the the original corporate gangsters, you know, in their, their yeah, and like all that all that supposedly maritime laws based on that, on, right? right? And so, so to me, yeah. that's like, okay, everyone's like, corporations have taken over. It's like, no, it looks more like the corporations were what established everything, you know, like the, like worse than right. you imagine, you know, not, not that like, oh, that we let the corporations get too big. It's like, no, the corporations came and established the United States as, as like a new venture, you know? Like, yeah. And then, and then how, how do the, the Freemasons and the Knights of Malta and the Templars fit into all that? And how does, how are they related to corporations? Is it all just smoke and mirrors like you're saying like where do you even start yeah yeah that's really cool yeah. i love the i love the idea of just like really questioning everything but it's just so hard to sift through the spin you know what i mean yeah, so yeah. i tend to i tend to just kind of default to sort of pragmatism about it all and just like 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 when i said in that in that interview the other day like um okay yeah um like this guy was talking about the flat earth i said flat earth and nuke and new the new cokes have to be separate and you know what it's not i'm not commenting on the flat earth i'm just saying they cannot be i because i want to be pragmatic about the new cokes i know nuclear bombs no. do not exist i don't want to conflate it or whatever i understand anything else you know? i understood that immediately and i think most people listening to that if they don't understand what position you're coming from as a person because to me from what i've found and especially i mean you know because you did it your work on casting doubt on nuclear bombs is is the groundbreaking work that's what happened it's not like you were trying to do it either you weren't like trying to wave the flag of oh we gotta we gotta get this out there you just like to me this is the way i see it i don't know i mean obviously you're here so you can say but the way i see it is that like jesse had doubt jesse decided to compile all of his doubt into a reasonable video of evidence and then it took off because yeah. everyone else looked at it and they went, Hey, I see that. I agree, you know, or, uh, or at least give credence to it. Like, okay, that makes sense. And then that yeah. pushed the door open wider on the idea that will, you know, to me, when I tell people that nukes are fake and they get all defensive, I'm like, what the fuck? Like take a close look. And it's, it's so obvious. Or it's not so only is obvious. it so obvious, like, well, how could you be unhappy? You know, 
Like if I tell you eating right. fruit, yeah, even yeah, 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 healthy, yeah. I could see why you'd be mad because we would love to eat fruit, and it seems like the natural thing to do. So if we find out that's <laughs> bad, then that sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nukes yeah, are yeah. Fruit, you should be super happy. You know, the only people that think that the only people that get unhappy are are that want nukes to exist. I mean, I that's what I never can understand. How how would anyone want nukes to exist? So like when people when you go on forums and all these there there are all these people like barraging you with all this like aggressive insults basically and put downs about um about how nuclear what about hiroshima and all this stuff i just instantly now i just instantly assume that they're um that there's some kind of uh, military intelligence fusion center operative like i said on that yeah in, you know interview you know yeah but, it made me happy when you said that because most people don't even know like there's a there's a main researcher that i try and point out to everybody who kind of she's the one that kind of uh, allowed me to fish myself out of really just chasing spooks, you know, and we're, we're all out there. If you don't, if you don't realize you're on the internet with like hundreds and hundreds of spooks that are leading and managing dialogue and trying to influence everything that everyone's doing, then to me, you're just naive. Like, and that's okay if you're naive, but it's not what you think it is. It's not just like a thousand more of me and you doing this. There's, bots and AI and a whole bunch of people with vested interest, whether it be in military intelligence or in corporations or whatever, that are all out here trying to steer crowds. It's not, you know. Yeah, that's the weirdest thing, the weirdest thought that there literally have to be tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of, of those type of people. But where, do you, have, have you found anything that like illustrates like what those how who those people are or clarifies what what their like position is who they work for and where they're located and stuff like that their modus operandi and stuff have you found no, anything I, about that? I, well back to the okay so the woman that i that i would lead everybody to as far as and this leads back to what we first started this conversation about about a world religion okay so there's a woman named nikki rapana nikki rapana and her daughter nordica friedrich are very uh been famous on the internet for many, many years for their work on communitarianism. Okay. So communitarianism is a weird word, but I, I, I hammer it home with people because it's the word that they, that the people at the top in academia and in government use to describe the, the legal system and the religious system that they're building and that they're moving us towards. So this is, if you, and if you've never seen it, I'll send you the PDF. I've got a PDF of her book and I know she wouldn't care if I give it to you. You know, they're, they're not really pushing it anymore um, like they used to. They're doing other stuff. But um, so fusion centers, to me, that's a huge part of it, exactly. The PRISM and COMPASS yeah. programs, you know, these, okay, so people don't understand. What, what was the second one? PRISM and what? COMPASS, it was the original name. Oh, right, of it. yeah, I heard of that too. Yeah. You know, like community, I'd have to go look it up, you know. it's a map Yeah, that just program. came out like recent, not that long ago, huh? Like uh, well, I think the revelations about it. Yeah, Compass was yeah. the old name for it, and they constantly rename everything so that it makes it uh, impossible to follow it. They don't just make the Compass program and then keep it for 30 years as Compass. As far as I know, Compass probably became essentially Prism, and then Prism probably has already changed and become something else. And that lady, Nikki, said that when she, what happened was to, a quick story on her because it goes with what you're talking about. Uh, communitarianism and the idea of a one world religion. A real one, you know, not 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 Alex Jones's scary. Uh, oh, they're bringing the satanic new world order. Not that shit, you know. Like, <laughs> that was good. They're, they're yeah, bringing yeah. real uh, ecumenical movement together, and they have been. That's why you see 
Catholics and Protestants agreeing and Catholics and Protestants agreeing to get together with Muslims and Jews all at the top. If you look at all the leaders of those movements, none of them, you know, like back in the day, the Catholics used to hate the Jews, right? I mean, uh, you know, yeah, I don't, yeah, mean, yeah. don't mean to hate like they want to kill them, but that was their known enemy, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, which makes sense if you know the history of it all, right? Like, well, you guys rejected Jesus, so we're with Jesus and you're not, so we don't get along, you know? Whereas Sorry, now yeah. it's more like, oh, we're not sure, you know, kind of in between. Maybe <laughs> maybe it's okay if you never liked Jesus, if we could agree Judeo on Judeo Christian. Yeah, yeah. To me, and that's a whole that's a whole different hoax. We could do a whole show just on what a <laughs> hoax like Judeo Christian like that's a contradiction, you know. It's but so to answer your question, I don't I think what they do, Jesse, and this is just this is just my gut feeling is I think it is fusion centers and I think there are operatives. And I know that Nikki would say that when they, the ISP tracker on her website would tell her um, whether or not a lot of people were from Langley, Virginia, you know? So to me, that's kind of evidence that, you know, you're definitely getting intelligence agents that are sitting at the FBI or whatever, taking a look at you. But bigger than that, I think that they create a narrative and they manage crowds without. So, so maybe instead of, one to five ratio what they do is they'll inject an idea and they'll get people like me and you to disseminate it and then they'll manage from the edges so that because like those guys that were on the, that show with you i don't think that they're just uh like some kind of intelligence op or whatever what was that i can't i can't remember the name of the show the one that you were just on with that dude um Rolo and uh, Rolo's the one who grilled me too much and like really pissed me off. Yeah, and yeah. And he—I mean, he was just—that was fucked up. Excuse my French, but I didn't—I didn't listen to the second one. I only. Yeah, don't listen to it. It's—it's it's like a grilling. It's—it's it's a. Yeah, I don't want to listen. The first one was the first one was good. It was a really good interview. I loved it. You know, but but I don't. I just oh, don't you know what? Their... Oh, it just went out. You can you see me? Yeah. It yeah, just I went out. Sorry. I'm okay. I'm running out of batteries. <laughs> See, does this flip me over? Let me see. All right, yeah, it worked. You're, you're still I'm going to plug it in. I'm going to plug Ooh, it in. All right, I understand. All right, sorry. But, yeah, I think those guys – I think that guy – to me, the guy, the first guy that interviewed you, I don't remember his name. His, uh, I just don't remember – I don't know that show. He goes by Ab, or, but it's of fakeologist.com. Yeah, fakeologist. So, yeah. so I don't think that that guy is necessarily just like a full-on controlled op where uh, from the beginning or they, they put him out there. Yeah, but I think probably they've conditioned him to play their game by always interjecting or managing kind of the same thing they did to you. Your example that you gave on that show to me, that's how the whole thing always works. So whoever yeah, how? is that ended up taking nuke lies over from you, he comes in and he wants to throw Jews and Zionism into everything so that it completely just like graffiti's your models it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. and then um. To the point where you become despondent, disinterested, or angry, you either fight back or you give up. And then at that point, they can take it over and manage it. So that I think that's how they always do it. They don't ever, they rarely just like build up their own, like, hey, come to our house type of website or information. They go find somebody that has something good. Like, you're a perfect example, man. It's the same thing they did to Nikki Rapana, the same, the lady I was telling you about. I see this pattern again and again. Co option, right? Co opting. There's a lady named, um, what's her name? Rosa Corey. Okay, Rosa Corey came onto the scene talking about almost identical stuff to Nikki Rapana. 
um, she actually befriended Nikki and her daughter, and they were kind of working together. And then Rosa burned them and plagiarized all of her information and published a book and left out the prescient details. They always leave out. Wow. Wow. And you don't think that's a private person just like trying to gain some sort of power. You think that they have some sort of connection to intelligence operators. They do. And this, this lady, uh, the reason I say that is because, okay, the, the information that made me decide to walk away from studying conspiracies and trying to seek like, you know, what we'd call deep state truth nowadays or whatever, you know, was, uh, there was a man named, um, Peter Kawaja. And this is like back in the middle eighties and nineties. And, uh, he was supposedly running, uh, uh, what do you call it? A security, uh, for like, he would run private security, but he would use ex military guys as his employees. And yeah, so, yeah. so they had hired him like usually where he, well, I remember what he said was usually where they would ask him for a, a bid on a contract. Instead, some people approached him and wanted him specifically for a job, which to him was weird as a, as a security guy. Usually he would have to submit a bid, but instead they wanted to just hand him the contract. And it was on a, uh, a, a, a natural fruit flavoring plant in Boca Raton, Florida. And you can look this up and this was huge, but they've, they've buried it all. The, the, the information's mostly gone, but you can still find it. So he came in to, to supposedly run security for this natural uh, cherry flavoring plant. And as he continued his job, he saw suspicious shit. And in the end, it turned out it was like they were manufacturing um, hydrogen cyanide. Oh, and, wow. And, and so he uh, naively um, contacted all of the ABC agencies trying to say, hey, I think we're onto something here. These guys are fronting as a cherry flavoring plant because that's where cyanide comes from is from fruit pits. You know, that's how you manufacture it is you get it. from. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh so then um, as he went through the process of trying to let the ABC agencies know what was going on, um, they kind of played along and told him, well, you're doing a good job, be a good spy for us and we'll, we'll help you. When really they knew the whole time what was going on. Cause they, they were basically the ones doing it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so <laughs> what they didn't count on was him being really effective at his job as a security operative. And it, so he fucking recorded everything. He recorded everything, photocopied everything, put on a body mic and mic'd up and, and like recorded conversations and phone calls and pulled down all this data against the government that was really dangerous to have, you know, because it was it was at the present time. And what I did is I had found a bunch of those recordings and that information like he had 12 hours of video of him presenting his evidence as if he were presenting it in a court case. Yeah, and it wasn't even any conjecture or speculation on his part, Jesse. If I go right. to my old hard drives, I might even still have it somewhere. But, but this is what made me walk away from it. Okay, so what they did is they brought a lady out to come and pretend to be his helper. When he rejected her, like if it would have worked and he wouldn't have been on point, she would have tried to marry him. I mean, he said that straight out there. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like his CIA wife, like uh, like that Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. What's it called? Um. The True lies. Oh yeah, or that one, and then there's there's another one too where he's in space. It was a Philip K. Dick book. Oh, uh, I don't know. Total Recall, the same thing. Right? Oh right, right. Both of those, he's got like a you know, like a beautiful wife who turns out she's actually an agent, and as soon as he starts to catch on to it, then she becomes like a demon, you know, and like uh, <laughs> and the same thing. So this guy, like his wife, died, and he alleged that they actually 
poisoned or murdered her. They, he says they like gave her Ebola and like she bled out in front of him. And so he's like on the run, he's losing his house. And this is all like true stories from his mouth. Whether or not it's all actually true, who knows? But it seemed like it to me at the time for sure that this guy wasn't uh, making shit up. That he, yeah, yeah, yeah. he had decided to actively try and surveil and record all the information about this chemical weapons operation that he found. And in the process of trying to notify the authorities, the more he learned, the more he found that they knew even all the way up to Bush senior, the president at the time, like even wow. Bush senior knew what was going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he was essentially trying to get the information out and be on the run. And then like, eventually I think they killed him. And I remember back in the day finding voice recordings of a woman uh, on an interview with him where he was saying essentially the opposite of everything he'd ever said. But I don't think it was him. I think it was a voice like we have now, you know, voice song. Yeah, voice generator, really? For real, yeah. I mean, and Yeah, so, but hey, but you better put all this stuff up on archive.org cuz you don't want to be sitting on something like that in case they want it, you know. Yeah, I don't if I have it, it's probably in a storage unit or something somewhere. I don't I walked away from conspiracy stuff for years just because I felt like, well, you know, I don't want to I don't have no skin in the game. I'm not trying to do anything you know i just want to know the truth but i'm not trying to be yeah yeah me too but i never really walked away from it i just kind of lost interest in it because after the truth movement seemed to get completely co-opted and the alex jones like uh, you know he like you know around 2000 to 2006 or whatever he was telling a lot of truth you know what i mean and it's like you you can see how like his truth gets more and more diluted I mean, he was obviously always a gatekeeper because he never actually like, well, no, that's not true. I mean, he, he would attempt to like identify who is controlling things. And I think that that's the biggest, the most important question is who's controlling things. Yeah. And, I like and your, a lot of people, you know, get, try to get away from that question. Who, who chooses the chosen is a great question. Who chooses that's, the chosen. <laughs> that's, a smart, that's a smart question. But yeah. to bring my whole point full circle so that, so that we're not just like on a tangent. Okay, so what I see happening with your uh, Nuke Lies video and, and the idea that you're the one that brought it out. So like it or not, your name's the one that's most prominently attached to the idea of casting doubt on nuclear weapons, right? You know, yeah. This wasn't a choice you made. It's just that uh, you did the work. And then because you found it, you decided to start a forum and go farther than just making a video. And then when that gained success, then people started to come in and either A, take interest or B, trying to manage you, you know, so you're getting handle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so same thing with the, with Peter Kawaja, what they did is that there's a woman named Joyce Riley. She just recently allegedly passed away. Her, she had a husband named Dave Von Kleist. If you studied 9-11, you might remember Dave Von Kleist. He did a movie called In Plain Sight, right? So Yeah, In Plain Sight, but that's a series. Of, isn't that a series about uh, – oh, right, right, right. I thought that was a series about occult, like, symbology. Well, they, yeah, that's a, that's a different they, – they, they duplicate names. People either duplicate oh, right, names right. intentionally or accidentally so that you – it all became – Oh, yeah, I saw that. It was an early one. I, I remember that, yeah. It was a long time yeah. ago. This was a, yeah, I'm talking a long time ago now. Yeah. Um, so – Davon Kleist and Joyce Riley, I think they're definitely government agents. This Peter Kawaja guy had all of his information about chemical weapons in Florida and lots of other information having to do with the first Gulf War, you know, and to go into it would take a, would take a long time, you know. Um, but 
what she did is she came out, she tried to become his husband or his wife. He rejected her because he got smart to the game. Like, Oh, wait a minute. You're trying to like manage all my phone calls. You want all my data. Like she wanted to become like his keeper, you know, and right. he caught it and rejected her. And so after that, she paralleled his story and changed it from something reasonable into something strange. So, Oh. You know, she changed it from chemical weapons to biological weapons. She, the, the, this guy is the whole reason we ever heard of Gulf War Syndrome, in my opinion, because Joyce oh. Riley is the one that brought out the whole idea of Gulf War Syndrome, because he, you know, the, the allegation was that they were using the cyanide to destroy the mop gear and gas masks that they were going to send these guys to the first Gulf War with because they were going to inoculate them with vaccinations in the process of trying to create a super soldier. Right. So they want to be able to send these guys into war where if they get hit with chemical weapons that they're naturally immune because they've been inoculated with some kind of, of fancy, uh, you know, wait, let me say something about that. Cause yeah. I personally don't believe in contagion. I think contagion is a myth. I think that if you introduce, I don't think if you introduce any given microbe into from one host into another, that there's any um, effect whatsoever. Really? I think if you were to if you were to introduce a, a sick tissue that was totally sick, in, from one host into another host or whatever, that that might make the second host sick because it's already an imbalance. But I think that that's what the gist of it is: is that sickness is caused by imbalance, not by these microbes that go from one person or one entity to another. I don't believe that at all. No, I totally, and, um, I totally agree. I, I and agree. like, so the vi virus is a myth, like the whole idea of a virus is just a myth completely. Outright. It is. I, it's just one more lie that they told us. I agree completely, man. But yeah. I'm just saying that that's the way that they promoted that information back in the day. Is, right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that they were supposedly yeah. trying to, uh, to test it that way. So, but what Joyce Riley did, are you, are you still there? Cause your video's hanging. Oh, it says my connection's funny. All right, it's your 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 video's hanging and the audio was kind of slow. The, the connection went down. There, I think it's better now. Is it? All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna kill my browser here. Just a second, Jesse. All right, just in case. All right, so can you still hear me? All right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so to bring the whole thing full circle, so I would use Peter Kawaja as a preliminary or initial example, then Nikki Rapana as yet a secondary example. Your information is yet a third example. And if I thought really hard, I could probably come up with at least two more people that I've followed that uh, over the years that I've seen something like their information being co-opted, paralleled, besmirched. Paralleling is the thing that I see most often i'd say that's what happened to you they yeah they, they grabbed your information and contaminated it with uh with fear of the jews bullshit ray west ray west gotta name right. names there because it was yeah, it was ray only west. ray west that did that and then right, yeah. edmund matthews who made videos too right so these guys yeah. so so for nikki rapana the main person would be rosa corey paralleled her work actually published a book plagiarizing a vast majority of what nikki rapana had to say and is still out there but not calling it communitarianism. And if she is not including all of the main pieces and players. And that's something, if you want to, if you want to get into it sometime, we could do a whole interview just on it. You know, I could try and elaborate it to you and then send you the PDF and you could look at it. To me, it's the one, you know how there's a few things that you always want to 
reference when you find something new or when you're researching. Like back in the day, I used to always type Zionism along with anybody's name, you know, like just as like, okay, here's a new guy I found. What pops up if I type the word Zionist along with his name, you know, just, just out of, like out of curiosity. Well, now I would do that with communitarianism because it's their word that they use in their academic documents and in their legal documents. If you type communitarian law, especially if you have access to like an education database, like if you're in school, you know, when you're signed up for school and you have access to a, yeah, yeah. To the databases. Like JSTOR, it, yeah. JSTOR. Yeah. Then you get results, like results that, you know, we can't find out here for free on Google, especially right. nowadays since Google sucks. So, you know, me and you were old yeah. enough to remember when Google was fucking awesome. And it does, it's not awesome anymore, boys and girls. It sucks, you know. But um, so I think that's the the way that it works is that they, they have a lot less agents than people think. And what they do is they they drone people into um, to either having more doubt than they would have naturally, but they, they lead people into repellent and taboo things. Like that's why they, that's why they threw Jews all over your forum is because if you say, well, I think Jews might be involved. Then immediately everyone goes, ah, Jesse's an anti-Semite or whatever, you know, they just, it's, it's a, it's a repellent to everyone. You know, and I, I agree with you. Yeah. Jew baiting. Yeah, I agree with you that that's totally, you know, it's not that um, that Jews don't have a part in the whole thing, but I do think that they were co-opted and or agreed into very, very long ago into being the hired scapegoat. This was Yeah, exactly. That's what I exactly think that they, that's what I was talking about with Tracy Twyman. And that's what I was yeah. also mentioning to, I was talking about that with fakeologists too is that they're obviously a scapegoat. Are they a com complicit scapegoat? Yeah, and then when you say they, I mean, how many of them actually know what's going on? You know, I doubt all Jews know what's going on. No, <laughs> but, just like all, but, you know, yeah. And then even if they are that, even if they are a scapegoat or a complicit scapegoat, that doesn't mean that there aren't these other groups involved. Like, like Knights of Malta definitely are still active, you know, yeah. and, and powerful, I think. Yeah, then, just like the uh, Jesuits. And then Freemasons, too, you know. Yeah, Jesuits. And whatever else. Of but then you got Benai Brith. What is Benai Brith, you know? How did, how powerful is Benai Brith? It seems, to be very, it seems to be very powerful. I've heard that it is. Oh, it, but, it absolutely is. I don't think that's... And then the Vatican. And the Vatican, yeah. and what's all this stuff about the 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 black pope and this this Argentinian clown pope that we have right now, or that yeah, they yeah. have right now, you know? What is going on? It's no, yeah, it just it. it just goes in circles, and it's like, wh what is going on? Who's I, really doing all this? And I, yeah. I, you know, my gut feeling is that actually, that those are all just the same as as a regular person who doesn't uh, delve into this shit looks at corporations and politicians in the same way that me and you are looking at these groups that are less known to most people. You know I mean? If, if you're a conspiracy nerd, like we are, then you've heard of the Knights of Malta and the Jesuits and you've, you know, you've seen the, the Jews be blamed, the Freemasons be blamed and you've seen all these accusations of strange, you know, secret hand groups. Well, I think that, uh, that it's all in layers so that the average person would look at, um, at the typical politicians, you know, well, it's Nancy Pelosi's fault or it's, it's Trump's fault. And, Trump. <laughs> right. So they look at it that way. There's the first layer. The next layer is the same stuff that we're talking about. And I think there's yet a layer above that of people that we, we don't get any data on because they manage and control from the top and don't 
they don't have their names published. They don't have their wealth published. They don't have their home right. published. You know, they, they probably do have something to do with the ancient kingdoms, like the, the real true Roman church and the, the British uh, kingdom or something, whatever, you know, but it's far removed yet, you know, to, I don't know. It, that that's just the way I see it. I think they're all hiding on a on a hidden piece of land somewhere, like like they're they're at Atlantis or or something like that. You know that there's. I think that they've hidden land. That what so it's peeling back the layers of an onion to try to find them, and then where did the Rothschilds fit into all that? They're just bankers. Well, I think the I think the Rothschilds are. Um, I think that's probably the easiest thing to point to for, for showing the, the Jews as a, as a knowing and willing scapegoat, because if, if the ancient histories are true at all, you know, even if we take them with a grain of salt, okay, so what it looks like is they always want to tell the Jews, you guys can't, you can't do this, you can't do that. So they end up kind of like keeping them with the dunce's cap in the corner and say, look, just manage the money since you're so good at that and we're going to keep our eye on you. You know, so don't be involved, you know, so limit, limit their capacity. Like the ghetto in, like, <laughs> that's funny. Like the, yeah, like the ghetto in, uh, in Florence. I was just there a couple years ago. Yeah, that might be bright now. This thing just fell on me. That's funny. That's cool. Yeah. The sun, the sun is shining on you now. Yeah. Yeah. It just, <laughs> well, we haven't put curtains up in here yet. So that's funny. Uh, that, it, I've got a deck of cards, Jesse, that somebody gave me. It's a regular deck of cards. But uh, somebody gave it to me with the instructions for tarot, and I've never done it. But that's what fell. You can see. So to me, that's really funny. You know. So oh yeah, yeah. Here's a deck of cards that. Uh, Are those tarot? Well, they're not, but they they're a regular deck of cards that came in a little bag as a gift with instructions for how to use these for cartomancy. And I've never oh, really? I've cool. never done it. But to me, it's funny that the curtain falls and my my magic cards fall too. You know so. You've been illuminated. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so I would say the Rothschilds are a good example of, of that complicity because that's what they did. If you look really close, you can't really divide the Rothschilds away from the British kingdom because that, that family bought into the royalty and bought names of, you know, they bought themselves. Aristocracy, yeah. yeah they yeah. bought into the aristocracy. And, and so then the British and the, the Jewish names could no longer be divided, you know. Right. And way, way back in the day, uh, on the Rothschild's winery homepage website, they used to brag that they were instrumental in creating the state of Israel. I don't know if it's still there anymore, but way back, I'm talking like 15 years ago, I was researching it all. And where I am, there's a lot of wine but this valley that I'm in, the wine industry is... Where are you, in Napa? No, I'm, I'm in Walla Walla, Washington. Yeah, you're in Washington. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, but Walla Walla, Washington is the place where they're, they're relocating slowly over time the whole Napa Valley up here because they've tapped it out. And so there used to be just a few oh. wineries here, and now there's hundreds of wineries. Oh, that's cool. And, and so that's a... But I would say that the... I'd say the Rothschilds are just that. They're that main example you can point to as a willing scapegoat someone that knows that they're going to be thrown under the bus blamed or accused yeah i mean i i mean there's like this i was just mentioning the the ghetto in florence the jewish ghetto in florence and then also the, the original was in the, the original one was in uh, venice too and i think i went to that oh no that's where it was i went to the jewish ghetto the original ghetto what the word ghetto is refers to originally in venice and 
Um, but they, they had the same thing in Florence, and I've been in the synagogue in Florence. And it's, it's pretty obvious that what was going on was just these um, aristocrats or powerful people, powerful families were using the Jews um, who were willing to be used as, uh, as bankers, right? Because they couldn't right. bank because it was, it was not allowed in Catholicism. Right. So, it's considered uncouth to, to handle money and especially to charge interest, you know. Right, usury. So, so, but, but, so, I mean, that kind of means that so-called anti-Semitism, or just better put, just anti-Jewish sentiment or resentment amongst non-Jews that weren't aristocratic, not not powerful people, common people, um, that that that's uh, just like a a mechanism that the powers that be can use when they need to keep the Jews in check. Yeah, and, and, and that's probably what's just about to happen now because it seems like so-called, well, anti-Jewish sentiment is definitely on the rise. You know, that's not to say that yeah. you and I need to cry over that because, you know, no, because like we're, like we're saying, they're complicit. Some Jews are complicit. You know, it's part of the game. So, so we, you know, to me, that's a, I don't know. There's another guy um, that I found that I've really appreciated his work, and his name's Jason Horsley. And I know he's taken a break from being online, but his... Uh, I heard of him, yeah. Yeah, the, the liminalist, you know, so, like, yeah. I, I never understood that word or had heard that word, which is strange because I'm, kind of I'm kind of a writer and a word geek, you know, like I look up... What words. word is it? Liminalist? Liminal. Liminal. To, to be liminal is to be in the space in between. So one example I heard him use is like, okay, so if you're a kid in a tribe like back in the day and you're getting ready to go through your rite of passage to become a man, you know, say they're going to make you jump off of a pole or sit on an anthill or whatever the rite of passage is to become a man. You know, you know what I'm talking yeah. about? The whole yeah. Like bar mitzvah. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that space, right. Say, say you're all lined up and say, you know, the, the whole thing is they're going to make you run through the fire or whatever. And you're all lined up to run through the fire. That moment when you're standing there and everyone's run through the fire or half of them have, and you haven't yet, but you're about to, that's the liminal space, right? That's the space between spaces. You're no longer going to be a boy who hasn't run through the fire and you're not yet a man who has. So, and he kind of, his whole focus is, is to identify and even acknowledge remaining in or even attempt to remain in that space. Well, that speaks to me because that's what I've, you know, I'm not going to fall into the trap of blaming and hating Jews, I'm also not going to fall into the, the typical uh, conundrum of defending and, um, and, and people defending a group who doesn't have your best interest at heart necessarily. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't vouch for nor be against anyone. Yeah. I've always been the same, same, same thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, I can't, why I should can't, I have to take sides on that issue? You know, right. Take sides on everything. Right. And, and if you don't take sides within the conspiracy uh, m truth movement if you don't take sides on it and if you don't start slating the jews then you'll get these operatives that you're that we're talking about they'll start completely just um um like just barraging you with all these this this pressure to like and yeah. just like hateful comments and stuff just to make you accept that the Jew is a Jewish conspiracy. Oh no, yeah. If you, that's just if because they're work they know who they're working for. Yes, that's that's their job. And that's what they did to your forum. There's another guy that I just found that's awesome. His name's Bronco Malik. And uh he's uh he's somewhere in a former Soviet country. I don't remember if it's um I don't remember off the top of my head which one he's in. 
but his his conspiracy research jesse is par excellence i actually uh he's one of the few guys that i went and signed up for his patreon and kicked him a few bucks every month because it's like holy shit like he found the original uh book and did like so far he's done three broadcasts about this book it's named uh august augustin bruel and it's like the first book about conspiracies and it's really interesting because uh it all traces back to this book that like before this book by i'm pretty sure it's bruel no n like b-r-u i might have to look it up but anyway his book is about the jacobins right the right conspiracy and um so what what it says is that he's he's studying it's it's a huge book too it's like hundreds of pages of, of a really and he knew these people like he was there he was there at the time Bruel, august bruel or whatever his name was um that uh he identified it all as um the enlightenment philosophers intentionally creating the french revolution and that the french revolution was them externalizing their plan of of what they were doing so that they had this secret plan and and they were hatching it and then when the french revolution happened that was the enlightenment he calls them philosophists like a play on words like between philosopher and sophist and it's not an accident like he's calling Hmm. them philosophists so that they're pretending to bring wisdom, but really they're being sophists. And I know, I know that you know, you know what a sophist is. Well, no, I mean that just means like they're not as smart as they think. Well, a sophist is the the true definition of the word sophist back in the day, like from Plato and Aristotle, was that the sophists were people who were paid to teach argumentation and paid to win arguments regardless of the truth. So it's essentially like being a lawyer. A lawyer, oh. you know. But so the so when we say sophisticated. That's the, you know, people act like sophisticated is a good thing. Really sophisticated means that, you know, you're being just the same as you and I know as an artist. People say, oh, you're an artist. Well, artificer means to, you know, to make a copy or to make something, you know, it doesn't always. It means illusionist. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It doesn't mean a good thing necessarily, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) You know, Um, but so Bruel, uh, it's interesting to me that he's saying, Okay, so the Enlightenment philosophists were hatching this plan to bring, um, to take down the church, you know, to like undermine the authority of the church, and that the French Revolution was them bringing it out into the open. So in secret, they made their plan. They got next to and close to all of the important people in government uh, of wealth and changed their minds and then brought out the revolution to change the the world and bring about the enlightenment, which is to undermine both the pulpit and the crown, you know, so get rid of the king, get rid of the religions. Well, I say we're seeing that again now. That's what you're seeing again is because like Alice Bailey, Helena Blavatsky, um, these people that were the theosophists, right? Mm -hmm. They, if you look at Alice Bailey's writing, I'm pretty sure it's Alice Bailey. She's got a book called externalization of the hierarchy, right? And yeah. so to me, that's what we're saying, seeing with all these rappers being Illuminati and all these uh, Taco, <laughs> Bell, Taco Bell now is using the Illuminati to promote their, their products. And you're seeing it everywhere, everywhere. It's because they're externalizing their hierarchy again. 
the same. Does so, that mean they're actually going to reveal who's in charge for real? I don't know if they're nah. going to reveal who's in charge. I think what they're doing is they have enough confidence that they've co-opted everything that they can transcend whatever this culture is they created and move us into the next one, which in my opinion would be communitarianism. That's what they're moving us towards is this. It's a, it's a, I used to call it global. I would call it a one world governance system. It all stems from international law. Uh, Agenda 21 is the easiest way for people to understand it without actually going and studying communitarianism proper. Agenda 21, the whole idea of the green movement, um, environmentalism, the, you know, global warming, all this stuff, the feel good stuff that, you know, any of us would naturally be like, that's good. I want to do that. You know, I want to create less trash. I want to burn less fossil fuel, blah, blah, blah. All the, you know, they use all that as a front to, to kind of jump us into the game of this new world religion that we're supposed to worship earth again, kind of neo-paganism on a grand scale, you know. But what's what's the end goal? Is it to communize everybody to turn us all into raceless, sexless drones? Absolutely, I think so. Is yeah. it? Yeah. Like the like the time traveler when he goes into the future and it's the e lawyer or whatever versus the yeah Libyans yeah yeah. I think I think that that's probably literally a uh, a model and an example from the time. But you know the, the beauty of that is that they can never achieve tr uh, full one hundred percent monopoly. It's impossible. It's a physical impossibility. Why? Because because it's an ideal and there, there are no ideal there. Idealism cannot exist in, in the physical universe. That's why it's ideal. No, so, I so there's always going to be, that's what I was thinking the other day. They're like how they're, um, I was thinking about how they're, um, they're censoring YouTube and, and shutting all these people up and stuff. And, and I was thinking they can never achieve that monopoly because there will always be anomalies. There will, there will always be somebody who even even if it's only a simple question there will always be somebody who questions yeah they, 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 it's a i agree that it's a and i really think that it um it stems from the stuff that you and tracy talked about and that a lot of people deal with i really do think that there's there's something like archons or uh there's a hidden force that's pushing pushing this and and guiding us behind the scenes that it's not easy to identify like uh you know it's not something simple but that it seems obvious to me that there's a, there's a lot more metaphysical going on than they want us to think about. That's something else. Yeah, there, I think there has to be, Sean, I think there has to be a meta, metaphysical uh, level to, to all of this stuff. And that's why it's so difficult to decipher what's true versus what's spin when it comes to what, what that um, fakeologist guy said was some um, airy fairy, you know? Um, yeah. And like, but you know what though? I mean, I was raised in, Self-realization fellowship. We were talking about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like, I mean, I have to say that there are valuable uh, things that, to it that I learned that are part of me because I was born into it. That um, that are real. I would say, you know, or at least valued, very valuable. And it's all that kind of airy fairy, new world, uh, new age type of stuff. So right. I don't see why we should like dismiss, you know, the, the, the new way, the, uh, the, the metaphysical level uh, to all this conspiracy theory or whatever, you know? Oh, I mean, I think, uh, I think that that category is the same as all of the other ones. There's definitely something really there. So they undermine it, they manage it, they pigeonhole it, they parallel it, especially. So if me and you bring it up, now we're fucking new, new age weirdos. 
Like, oh my right, God, right. even that, you know, they're like, oh, like you hate Jews or you, oh my God. Right. Blank. I know if you even say the word Jew, then you're supposed to, you're an anti-Semite also. Right. You know, and that's what, like, I, I judge everyone in my life based on the content of their character and the redundancy of it. You know, like, I felt like you and I have met just randomly on the internet, but we've always been straight up genuine and honest in every interaction we've had. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's what I judge it on. So if day after tomorrow, all of a sudden you seem like you're trying to get my goat, pick on me, be weird, invite me into something that I don't trust. Okay. Then that's the first opportunity for me to have any doubt about Jesse Wall. You know, that's, that's yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And rightfully so. It would you be, know, yeah. And that's yeah. this, I feel like that's the same thing that I just kind of witnessed you go through with uh, whatever that uh, fakeologist is. Fakeologist, like the, first, yeah. the first guy seems straight up. He seems really managed and controlled to me. Yeah, exactly. He right. may not know it. He may know that, he's managing a lot of bullshit because he's got a lot of pull. He's getting a lot of, you know, he's been doing it for a long time. So he's got a lot of, uh, of ants in his, in his, uh, colony. And so it just seems like a job, just like if me and you had to be in charge of a large elementary school, you know, we wouldn't necessarily yeah. see the kids that are trying to conspire against us as authority. We just see it as a management issue. So yeah, that's what, that's what I got from him too, that he was trying to direct it for commercial reasons as opposed to directing the information necessarily, you know? Yeah. Although he did, he did try to stop me from talking about certain things. It seemed like too, but I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I agree. But I, I know that people from the outside, I mean, between what you just said, it just, but to me, it's like, it does seem like he's doing a very subtle job of managing the conversation. Now, yeah. That may or may not be true. But the reason that you and I can can think that way is because we've seen, and especially you being more of a public figure and actually having done a lot of interviews, you've experienced it firsthand. Whereas I'm someone watching, I, you know, this is like the first I've ever done. Like, hey, let's jump in here and talk about it. But I've been doing this for 25 years. I've been doing this. It's good. You're a natural. I bet you're going to do this big time, dude. <laughs> well, I'm going to go on that show called Blood Sports and debate the flat Earth with this. Uh, neurobiologist named Jean-Francois Garapi. He goes by JF. And what, and he says that there's no flat earth? Oh, yeah. He just agreed. What they, they called it, they call it blood sports. And what happened is uh, some event happened, some drama happened uh, on the internet. And it kind of organically came about that people just want to have like a really loose, rough debate. Like, you know, where it's not super managed and, and perfect. Right. Like, yeah, fuck you, Jesse, you're wrong, and you're a stupid faggot. You're a <laughs> you know? and, and, Well, yeah, but that, that only goes so far until it just completely debacles. You know, it does. And, I mean, they're, they're, they're kind of like Jerry Springer with, like, what I would call, like, one shot. Oh, no, dude. Are you, gonna, are, you, are you into that? Or are you just like, all right? I'm doing it for fun. fun. I'm going to do it for yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And yeah. they, I mean, they can't they're gonna phase me. I don't care what anyone thinks of me. No. You know, I can't. I, I, wish, I wish I could really care more what people think of me, but I, I can't. <laughs> it's been too long of me being completely in left field for me to go. And, like, I don't believe what everyone else believes, and I feel like I've improved yeah. for it. So, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Right. Sorry, right. not sorry. <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> I've succeeded. And I'm happy. I'm comfortable. There's no reason. Wait, where are you from? The Bay Area. Where are you from? Um, I was originally born and raised in the Sacramento Valley. So. Right. Yeah. That's what I thought you had said that you're down from down there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but I, mean, I we moved out of there when I was like 15, 16 years old. So, being a Californian is kind of like a, a true birthright. You know, it's like different than other places. I'd say people from Texas and people from Alaska are the same. You know. 
Like if you, even if you were just born there, it's like a badge you get to wear. Like I'm a Californian, you know? Yeah. 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 It's real. You know, I feel that way. You know, I feel like, like it's, it's neat. To, to be a yeah. Well, no, that's why I'm asking you because it seems like your mind is kind of like a Bay Area type mind, to be honest. You know? No, I, I'm totally like I agree that uh, I was raised in that mindset. My whole family's that way. That we have that like, no, we come from this this mindset, this area. You know that. Well, I mean, the the knowledge industry is where was artificially sort of induced and began begun in, at Berkeley, right? Yeah. So you know, because like they have that one of the Oppenheimers like announced the knowledge industry in the 60s or something at a speech or something so i think that we actually bet if we grew up around that area i think we actually benefited from it you know? yeah because we were next to knowledge ground zero if they're going to create right. a brand new culture yeah because you're totally right like, right totally a part of it like you were in one of the the cults that branched and stemmed out of it and who knows where it really came from right and and i have no yeah exactly and i have no doubt that it was um designed by like the Tavistock Institute type organizations out of England via Huxley's and whoever else right. those type of people uh, oh and Alan Watts I love listening to Alan Watts not no Alan which one's Alan Watts Alan Watts the English one and then there's Alan Watt the star which one's which no I mean, yeah no I know what you're talking about there's Alan yeah. Watts who's more of a more the Zen guy yeah the Zen I've listened to both of them. I've been. In, I used to be in contact with the Scottish one too. Yeah, the, the Scottish guy. So to me, that's culture. that's curious too. Like, okay, so you've got Alan Watts, who's like a academic philosopher. Yeah. And then, and then, what? A decade later, you've got a Scottish guy come out, and I'm Alan Watts, and now let's talk about the aliens and and so. Yeah, yeah. but I I think he was the real deal. I I think he was the real deal because he was too um organic and too repetitive too although he was oh, no, I, I don't, think, I don't think he was necessarily an agent i think he was another guy that they they like they wait till you pop your head up and then they either try and be buddy buddy with you and if that doesn't yeah. then they in a very subtle and passive aggressive way go against you because that's what i've seen over and over again absolutely like, that's probably going to happen that's probably going to happen to you if you keep on um, speaking out that's know? okay i got plans yeah. for him they can come that would be interesting to see what if and when it happens to you because because you have already studied it so thoroughly. Oh yeah, I mean, you know? to, to me, it's like, I expected, I've, I've honestly waited up until this point, and I mean literally this moment that we're in right now together, to, to do any of this. I waited three years uh, studying the flat earth before I decided, okay, I'll, I'll take the bait and, and jump in, or I actually baited him. Because this is what happened, Jesse, okay? So I, I found the blood sports because I get sick of looking at stuff that I consider too highly strange and weird and far off in the right field. So then I go start to look for something normal, you know, like something mm -hmm. that's at least kind of normal. So these guys are over here and they're like having guys like Richard Spencer come on and debate about an ethno state versus guys that are more uh, liberal or, or at least um, – Oh, what's the what's the other main group leftist sjw yeah the, the, well there's <laughs> there's those guys and then there's the guys that are really far right that are like you know essentially white nationalists and then in the middle you have the libertarians that's the other word oh right right right, right. so yeah kind of oh you wait you know what? i gotta interrupt you know what richard spencer there's no question in my mind that guy's working for the fbi okay? i think so too and 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 he and tommy robinson are um the same character for england and america and except that Richard Spencer didn't pass the muster sort of, I don't know if that's the right expression, but he didn't, he didn't catch on in popularity for certain reasons, whatever reasons. 
uh, while Tommy Robinson did. But um, I think what this this whole thing about I, just this is a side note, but this whole thing about the alt right, I think that it was completely fabricated. I think Milo Yiannopoulos works yeah, yeah. for the um, works for the powers that be. I think Tommy Robinson does too. And the worst part of it is is that I'm sure that um, Henrik Palmgren was legitimate when he started. Because I had him on my show in 2006. He was, real, eyes, he was right? the real deal, dude. He was the real deal. But something co-opted him or he sold out, one, one, one or the other. And um, with, I, with that Lana Loctef, um, his wife, and he just, you know, did this about shit, about face, and just completely changed focus into, into all this alt-right yeah. nationalism stuff. Yeah, well, we've seen Alex Jones do it, too. Alex Jones didn't used to be, like, he, there was a time when he would have never supported any president and now he's all behind Trump. So to me, that's, just, that's true. Just but I, I, but I think he, Alex Jones was always controlled opposition. He was just oh, always, no, I, I agree. I don't, but think yeah, he's, he's like gone even further into it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, I agree totally about what you said. It's just, it's, it's culture creation and right. it's, it's macro and micro. So they're making a little tiny culture with bringing us out all right and all these other little things. And then on the macro level, like the whole counterculture movement, like, and even beyond that to like, I would say America is culture creation. That That's why I wanted that flag book because it's like, okay, here's the pirates floating around in their corporate sailing ship. You know, they've already laid low India and gotten everybody strung out on uh, smoking opium, opium and to, you know, and taking all the fortunes and the art and put them in the British Museum. And so now, yeah. start, you know, now we got to lie and say that there's new land over here that nobody knew about when they yeah. and and create a new experiment. Comment. Hey, Sean, my yeah. my friend, my friend, my my visitors came from England. Sorry, I can't open it. Oh. Hey. My, yeah, no problem. My, my friend just came, so let so let's cut it off there. But you know what? We didn't really talk about we didn't really talk about the new the the, the new uh, world religion. So let's let's try to do a show on that, and I'll write down bullet points so that we Me can too. like go over each one so that we stay on on um the, on that topic. I Is agree, that cool? Man. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, so cool. We'll just call this introduction to new religion, and then we'll do the next show on actually getting into. We'll both write bullet lists and get into some meat and bones. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds good. Yeah, I got that sounds it. good, and I'm glad. I'm glad you got to uh, cut your teeth because I think you're going to be doing this a lot. <laughs> that's what I well, I, I hope so. I mean, to me, that's like I feel like I'm called to it. So I've, yeah, I'm, yeah, you I'm, are. I'm yeah, finally do something. So yeah. <laughs> hey, All right, cool. To your art's beautiful, Jesse. One day, I'm thank gonna, you. If I can do this enough that they'll start sending me Patreon money, then I'll send the money to you so I can have one of those paintings. Ah, uh, oh hell yeah, hell yeah. I love I love to send you. <laughs> um. All right, cool. So will you uh? Will you do me a favor and put it in a Dropbox or something? I will. I'll find some okay, way cool. to, to pull this down and make it uh, easily available to you. So, Okay, cool. All right. All have right. a good day, Jesse. Nice talking to you. Have a good one. You too. Talk to you later, boy.